0: I don't know of a better subject. The Holy Spirit moved me to do this. and I I pray that it touches you and it'll get inside. If it gets inside, it won't be my fault. It'll be the Holy Spirit of God doing it through the preached word of God. I'm the earthen vessel, which God tends to... It's amazing God's sense of humor how he uses imperfect vessels to put a perfect word out. That's the way he did it. Take your Bibles to Zechariah. Well, you don't you don't want to find that in the minor prophets? It's in the minor prophets. Zechariah chapter 4, verse 6. The last 12 books of the Old Testament are considered minor prophets. Now you may not, when you meet one of them boys in heaven and call him a minor prophet, it may hurt his feelings. I don't know. He's not minor. If you make the Bible, it's major. But the major prophets, Jeremiah, Isaiah, and Ezekiel, those were major, meaning their works were major, long and major and complicated. And the worst, Hosea, Joel, Amos, Obadiah, Jonah, Micah, Nahum, Habakkuk, and the rest of them are smaller books with more, more specificity to them. But all, all incorporated together by God. There's a statement I want to mention in this pretty well-known verse in the Bible In verse uh, 6 of chapter 4, Then he answered and spake unto me, saying, This is the word of the Lord unto Zerubbabel, which was a uh, high priest of the return from Babylon, saying, Not by might, nor by power, but by my Spirit, saith the Lord. Father, we pray that you'd come now, that you'd move, the Spirit of God would glorify the Lord Jesus that you'd help us understand this. I don't believe this can be understood except you enlighten us and open our minds that we understand the scriptures. So we pray that you would open our minds even now, that you'd help me to give a fair representation of what you moved upon me earlier. May God, we love you. You come. In Jesus' name, amen. I have my birthday, December 23rd, and I appreciate, by the way, all the cards and letters and everything, funny cards, some of them prank cards. Some of you sent me cards with sparklies. I had one card with sparklies it was in a Ziploc bag. Now, that's more like it. If you're going to send me a sparkly card, put them in a Ziploc and seal it. I hate sparklies. Sparklies are of the devil. <laughs> They're of the devil. No doubt in my mind. If you've ever tried to vacuum them out of this floor or this, these seats, you'll know they're of the devil because it creates a, a real workload for our janitorial services. They try to get us to where you don't have a spark. My wife had a spark on her face the other day. And I said, Oh! <laughs> I reached over there and she thought she had something else on her face. I reached over there and got that sparkling. Oh, it's horrible. She says if I die ahead of her, she's going to take a whole handful of sparklies in my casket. (laughs) And if she dies ahead of me, I'm I'm going to take her favorite stainless steel bowl and I'm going to fill it with candies, mints, and I'm going to have her holding it right like that. And when you walk by the casket, you just take a mint. (laughs) And you can... uh, And if you want to know what to do with a wrapper, you just put it in a casket. (laughs) Born Born again believers, we can laugh about death because, oh, death, where is thy sting? Oh, grave, where is thy victory? He that liveth and believeth on me, Jesus said, he shall never die. Believest thou this? I do. I just turned 71 Since I was 18 years old when God got a hold of me and I gave my heart to him, I have honestly, I've not been 100% consistent because I'm not sure anybody ever is, but I've tried to be overall consistent to seek God's face and do his will. I have failed many times. The righteous falleth seven times and riseth up again. I sincerely sought to know the Bible. How? By first of all, reading it. Setting up a schedule. Some of the best news I'll ever give you is set a schedule up that's a right and righteous schedule and let it be your boss. Make your schedule your master because you're lazy and undisciplined. You know it and I know it and God knows it. And the only way you're going to do what you're supposed to do but what you don't want to do, You set a schedule to do it, and then make the schedule your master. That's some of the best advice I could give you about ending well in life. It'll help you not only with being a Christian, it'll help you in your work. It'll help you in your marriage. Having a date night. Got quiet, didn't it? If you're going to read your Bible through, you need to put yourself under some authority. Put yourself under a schedule. I'm going to read it this year, the whole Bible through this year. That's a feat, by the way. It's a big book. It takes about 72 hours, average reading speed, about 72 hours to read the Bible. You can do it. You can do it. I had some people this year say, first time I ever did it, they were excited, and they ought to be excited because God will speak to you. The Bible is God speaking to us. Praying is us speaking to God. Personally, I don't have a lot to say of value to God. But he sure does have a whole lot to say of value to me. So most of my time should be spent really in reading the Word of God and seeking God's face, and then he'll give you something to say back to him that has some meaning and some value. you learn how to pray by reading the Bible. And so reading the Bible through yearly, I decided also that, I didn't decide, God decided that I was going to go to Bob Jones University, Bible College, and get a bachelor's degree. When I got my bachelor's degree, I never wanted to go any further than that, and God moved heavily upon me to get a master's degree at Pensacola Christian College. Then he gave me teaching positions in the local church, teaching a youth group, I was a youth pastor for a while, like Brother Thomas, and then uh, I started teaching young adult class, and then eventually taught the uh, senior class. That was a, 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 that held me accountable, responsible. Every week I had to have some, people were going to show up in a room every week wanting something from God for me. And I don't know, if that doesn't make you have, if that doesn't make your knees weak, nothing will. Then eventually I had an ordination which is nothing more than hold myself accountable in 1976. And by teaching in Sunday school classes since 1978, I accepted an assistant pastor ministry in 1978 through 1992. Those were, what are those? It was just hold myself accountable. That's all they was. You say, well, that was because God, well, I was holding myself accountable. Then I became a senior pastor here in 1992, 30 years ago. What was that? Just hold myself accountable for God. My individual journey has been a journey of holding myself accountable to God. Why? Because I want to do something that makes a difference. I want to be part of something that's eternal. I don't want to be one of the, one of the people who fail and fall and and, and ruin their life because of, of sin and undisciplined life in Christ and what the Bible calls a shipwreck. I don't want to be a castaway. I've tried many various ways to be accomplish the will of God, but the basic truth I want to share with you this morning cuts through all the various philosophies and maybe I may say is one of the most important truths I'll share with you about how to live the Christian life. And it's Zechariah 4.6. Christian life is not by might nor by power, but by the Holy Spirit. By the Spirit, says the Lord. The older I get, the more I'm convinced that if anything is really to be accomplished eternally through me and through you, if anyone is to be permanently changed or held, if God's word is to get through all of the resistance, and there is such resistance to the Bible, if you don't believe that, try to memorize the scripture and see how it goes. Brother Vito, you here tonight? Vito, Vito. I remember Vito first came here, man. He was in a fog, out of the military, struggling in life, and and God, Vito said, "I'm gonna do. I can do something. I can memorize scripture. I can't memorize, but look at Vito's memorized scripture. Your whole countenance has changed. His whole countenance has changed. There's light has come into his life because the Word of God got through." that wall of resistance that you have and I have called the flesh. that wants to to keep it out of our life. If a sinner is to ever be converted, it's going to be by the Holy Spirit. If a drunk is ever to be made sober, if a drug addict is ever to become clean, it's going to be by the power of the Holy Spirit. If the selfish, sensual children are going to be changed into serious-minded, loyal followers of the Lord Jesus Christ, it will be by the Holy Spirit. If drug addicts, as I said, will be transformed, it will be by the Holy Spirit. If marriages, this is big, and a failure rate of 6 out of 10 in our society, if your marriages are to last an entire lifetime, and if infidelities are to be healed, it will take the Holy Spirit. If the power of sin is to be broken, it'll take the Holy Spirit. It cannot be done without the Holy Spirit of God and His power and presence. Not by might, nor by power, but by my Spirit, saith the Lord. The problem many times we do not even ask for God's Spirit to be with us. Luke chapter 11. You want to follow me on that or not? You don't have to. Luke chapter 11, verse 10 through 13. Jesus' words, For everyone that asketh receiveth, and seeketh findeth, and to him that knocketh it shall be opened. You've heard that many times here from this pulpit. If a son shall ask bread of any of you that is a father, will you give him a stone? And let's, let's all say together, no. Let's all say together, no. Ready? No. If, if your son comes to you and asks, bread, you don't pick a stone up and say, here, have this stone. Oh, but nobody does that. No father would do that. They love these child at all, right? Uh, if, if, the, if the child asks a fish, will he for a fish give him a serpent? No, I would be crazy. Or if he shall ask an egg, will he offer him a scorpion? Now look at the conclusion of this in verse 13 of Luke chapter 11. If ye then being evil, how do you like that? Jesus' words. If ye then, and we are, being evil, know how to give good gifts unto your children, how much more shall your heavenly Father give the Holy Spirit to them that Ask him. Now, what he's talking about is not the baptism of the Holy Spirit. He's not. He's talking about the filling of the Holy Spirit. You say, Well, Brother Bill, how do I get the Holy Spirit? John chapter 3, Jesus' words, Except a man's born again, he should not receive the Spirit of God. You, You have to be born from above. How do you get born from above? admit you're a sinner unable to sell, save yourself by any amount of good works confess that Jesus is the Christ the son of the living God who died was buried and rose again the third day by the power of God and ask him to be in one way or another and I am not. I don't want to put too much emphasis on the words because the thief on the cross said will uh, oh, remember me when thou comest into heaven he got in The publican in the temple wouldn't look to heaven, beat his chest, said, "Uh, God be merciful to me, a sinner. He got in. I mean, I'm not saying it's the exact word. It's, It's a condition of the heart that you're repentant about your sin. You're sorry about what you did against God. And you believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of the living God. You believe that he died for you. Indeed, God raised him from the dead. Of all those false prophets out there and all those false religious leaders out there, only Jesus claims resurrection. You can get saved. You'll be saved. What is being saved? What is being saved? People people in the world, we get so used to the term people in the world, that's a strange word to them, being saved. They'll say, saved from what? Well, you're saved from sin, obviously, but you're also saved to God. Well, being saved is when you meet those conditions I just mentioned, God gives you, baptizes you, as the Bible says, with the Holy Ghost. He baptizes you with the Holy Spirit. Let me go a couple of verses out of, the, out of my, I mean, this is rare for me. I'm going to start something new this year. Looking in the Bible itself rather than having it in my notes. In Mark chapter 1, verse 8, it says, I indeed baptize you with water, but he shall baptize you with the Holy Ghost. Those were the words of John the Baptist. So he said there's coming one, the Lord Jesus is going to baptize you, but not with water, but with the Holy Ghost. In in Acts chapter 1 and verse 5, for John truly baptized with water, but you should be baptized with the Holy Ghost not many days from hence. There's only one baptism according to the book of Ephesians. It's not talking about water. Because you can get baptized by water two times, three times, four times. The Jews, when they would repent of something, they would go get baptized. When John the Baptist was baptizing them, that was not unusual for them. It was not unusual for the children of of Israel, that he would call them the repentance, and when they came down and repented and confessed their sins, he baptized them. Baptism, the Bible's talking about here, but being one baptism, it's talking about the baptism of the when you get born from above, the God, the Holy Spirit, comes in and dwells with you forever, according to Jesus' words in John chapter 14. I believe this verse 16, never to leave you. He makes you a part of his family by birth through giving you the blessed Holy Spirit of God. And it's not by might, our life is not by might, nor by power, by the will of man in any way, but by the Holy Spirit of God. It's the working of God in you. You don't have to ask for the initial baptism. You just need to repent and trust Christ by simple childlike faith, and he'll baptize you in the Holy Ghost. He comes to you when you repent and trust him. I think of Romans chapter 8, verse 9. It says, Now if any man have not the spirit of Christ, he's none of his. In Galatians 3, 27, For as many of you have been baptized into Christ have put on Christ. In 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 13, For by one spirit we are all baptized into one body, whether we're Jews or Gentiles, bond or free. We've been made all to drink of into one spirit. So the baptism of the Holy Spirit is a one-time forever event. I don't care what the false prophets out there try to teach you. That's what the Bible teaches. But there are many, many fillings of the Holy Spirit. In fact, before I got up here this morning, and in fact all morning, and last night, I've been asking for God to give me the filling of the Holy Spirit so I could help you because I realize more than you realize how little I have to give. And if there's something to be changed here this morning, some person to be, live to be made whole, it'll be because of the work of the Holy Spirit and the word of God because he decides to come. But this power that he's talking about in Zechariah 4, 6, being the Holy Spirit, of course, of this filling is necessary to do his work. And we should ask on a daily basis, oh, blessed Holy Spirit, fill me today. Fill me today. You're not asking to be resaved. You're not asking to be re-baptized uh, into the body of Christ because you've been there when you trusted Christ. and he, But you are, you are needing strength for it. How many of you get up and eat every day? Now, except for those people fasting today. But you get up and eat every day. Why do you do that? Because you know that if you don't eat, you don't have strength. And eventually, if you quit eating, you're going to die. In fact, I've been, uh, at the end of life, people lose their desire to eat. They lose their desire to drink. That's one of the end of life shutdowns of your body and, you, and then you go. You have to eat. You have to continually put something in to keep your physical body going. It makes sense to me to keep your spiritual life going. God has to continually have his blessed spirit helping you. And I'll explain myself a little further. Three things you need for the filling of the Holy Spirit. First of all, you got to recognize that you need the blessed Holy Spirit's filling every day. Many times during the day possibly by the grace of God. you got to recognize you have a need. The second thing is you need to ask for the power. You need to ask, please, Lord God, fill me today that I may speak the words that you want me to speak, that every decision I make today may be from heaven. Man, I need that. Then Psalm 66, 18 says uh, you need to be right with God. It's So so many parts of the Bible talking about your heart needs to be clean. If anything's between you and a Savior, God won't hear you. It makes sense to me. When I would do wrong, and when my dad knew I was doing wrong, our fellowship was 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 parted. Your mom and dad, both of you, when you were doing wrong and disobeying them, you had no fellowship with them. But when you were doing right and obeying them and trying to they felt you had great sweet fellowship together with them, amen or no? Yeah. Same thing with your marriage. If you and your wife are, are trying to help each other and it's the up spiral, it's a team spirit, you want to help each other you got unity together. But if you're trying to tear each other down, the Bible says by a, 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 a foolish woman tears her house down with her own hands. And I think many times we're our worst problem. Not popular, but it's true. We're our worst problem. There's three things we can do to hinder the Holy Spirit from helping us. Let's ask you a question this morning. Do you need, in 2023, are you going to need the power of the Holy Spirit in your life? Oh, I hope you understand it. I hope you, I hope you know it. Ephesians 4.30 says, Grieve not the Holy Spirit of God, whereby ye are sealed unto the day of redemption. You can grieve the Holy Spirit again. yes. But what I found about the Holy Spirit is he's way more sensitive than I first realized. I'm kind of a rough and tumble guy, and I'm, sometimes I'm not as sensitive as I need to be. And Sometimes I've offended the Holy Spirit by my insensitivity and by my disobedience and by the flesh, the world, and the help of the devil. I offend him. I grieve him. He says, "Don't do it. Don't grieve the Holy Spirit of God." That's one way of, de- of uh, deterring His filling. Number two is quench. Uh, it, it says not to quench the Holy Spirit. In 1 Thessalonians 5:19, quench not the Spirit. What does quench mean? It means to be cool. Uh, man to be like this. Your wife comes up. She puts her best outfit on. Gets her hair done put some good smelly stuff on, you know, some, and, and meet you at the door and say, Honey, I'm so glad you're home tonight. I don't feel good. I don't want any part of you. You quenched the fire. The Holy Spirit of God comes to you, wants to fill you, make you like Jesus, empower you. I don't want that. I, I got this, I got my own agenda, I don't want a part, you can quench. The word means to cool, to, here's, some, here, here's some connotative meanings, to still, to quiet, to repress, to quench. It's a good translation, to quench. Thirdly, we can resist the Holy Spirit when he comes by to try to help us to do the right thing. Acts chapter 7, verse 51, you stiff-necked and uncircumcised in heart and ears, you do always resist the Holy Ghost, as your fathers, so do you. Also, what? That's a sermon right there, but that's a part of the sermon out of the book of Acts. Chapter 7, verse 51, you stiff-necked and uncircumcised. That's not real popular, is it? But it was these people resisted the Holy Spirit of God. So, have you grieved the Holy Spirit of God by your manner of living? I, you know, it's, it's obviously God, the Holy Spirit's God is part of the triunity of God. And so if you're in open sin or if you're looking at stuff you shouldn't be looking at or listening to stuff you shouldn't be listening at or, or doing things that are harmful, that are contrary to the word of God, it would make sense to me that you would grieve the Holy Spirit of God. You have children, many of you, and if, when your children lie, doesn't that grieve your soul? The first time my son happens to be here today, And the first time he lied, man, I was crushed. I said, he must have picked that up from my woman. (laughs) She said, no, he got it from you. Yeah. You know what I hated about that? He got it from me. Then the first time he did some other sin, my heart was crushed because I knew he had inherited the same evil nature I had, and he was going to have to go through similar battles that I had am going through or had gone through, and uh, it grieved me. When you walk away from God and the things of God, you grieve the only one that can help you. Put it this way you discourage your encourager. You got one encourager. That's the Holy Spirit of God. He's the comforter. He's the one who walks alongside of you. He's he's the one to encourage you day by day. And when you sin and walk away from the things of God and do the things that are displeasing to God, you literally discourage the only one that's there to help you spiritually. Spiritually you grieve the Holy Spirit. And even further, you quench him and then eventually resist him as he comes by you. Most of you know, most of you know that have tried to do the will of God the ruckus that you face. When you try to do the will of God, get ready because you're going to have some resistance. You're going to have a ruckus. And you need the old, you need the blessed Holy Spirit of God to come and make to push yourself through all of the ruckus, the resistance, and the and the en- enemy that He tries to get in your way and block you and divert you to a different way. And you and the only way you're going to make it all the way home, the way you should make it, is by being filled with the blessed Holy Spirit every day. How are you going to read your Bible, sir? It's going to be the Holy Spirit. How are you gonna stay away from sin? It's gonna be the Holy Spirit. How you are you gonna be a success as a born-again believer and a testimony for Christ? Gonna be by the Holy Spirit. Not by might, nor by power, but by thy spirit, saith the Lord. I like some passages in this area, Ephesians chapter six, verse twelve. For we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities and powers and rulers of darkness of this world, against spiritual wickedness in high places. That sounds like a war to me. That's every day. Every day you wake up. That's what you're facing. Wherefore, take unto you the whole armor of God, not part of it, that you may be able to withstand the evil day, having done all the stand. Stand, therefore... And he goes on, he describes the armor of a Roman soldier, having your loins girt about with truth and a breastplate of righteousness, your feet shot with the preparation of the gospel of peace, above all taking the shield of faith wherewith you shall be able to quench all the fiery darts of the wicked. That means they're coming at you. You can pretend that, you're, that you don't have resistance as a born-again Christian, but you're just going to be a victim. If you're in a war situation, you can pretend that there's nobody out there who wants to kill you, but you're just if you do that, you're just gonna be a victim. You're gonna die. Uh, there was a guy here in Vietnam, a soldier, um, he was a sergeant of about 12 guys, and they had a unit where they would go out and hunt down Viet Cong. They'd hunt down specific people, and he did that for two years. And he said he'd get a new recruit. They never even learned the recruit's name for three weeks. They wouldn't even ask the guy's name for three weeks because they knew he was going to die. And they didn't want to have to go through the grieving process of having him die. So when a new guy would come on board, for three weeks he was a, he didn't have a name. If he survived for three weeks, they'd learn his name and begin to get to know him. He said, well, I said, well, what in the world made the fatality rate of those new guys' He said they'd always, always when you hear a shot or a bomb or anything, they'd always put their head up, and they get shot in the head. He said, when I heard anything going on, I'd hit the ground and bury myself as far down in the ground as possible and listen. He said that was a single reason why they get killed. When they could learn that, if they would learn what I was telling them, they would survive. If they would lift their head up, they would die inadvertently, over and over again. You know, the Holy Spirit tells us how to survive. And we say, I think I can do it my way. Boom. Fiery dart of the wicked. First, Second Corinthians chapter 3, verse, chapter 10, excuse me, verse 3 and 4, or 5. For though we walk in the flesh, we do not war after the flesh. Well, the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds, casting down imaginations and every high thing that exalted itself against the knowledge of God and bringing into captivity every thought to the obedience of Christ. What a challenge. My thought life's got to be right. The Holy Spirit in here knows your thoughts and intents of your heart. So if your thought life is wicked, you're obviously grieving the Holy Spirit, quenching the Holy Spirit, ultimately resisting the Holy Spirit. God wants your thought life to be right. Now, wait a minute. The Ten Commandments says don't commit adultery, right? Don't murder, right? Those are actions, outside actions. That's a whole lot easier not to do than to not have a bad thought life. Bad thought life can happen when nobody else notices. You're, everybody thinks you're Mr. Spiritual and you're holy and your life's right, and you got this wicked thought life of these wicked thoughts going through your mind that you're not. Wait a minute. Sometimes a wicked thought will come through your mind, it's from outside in. It's from the devil to you. When that comes through, in the name of Jesus, deny it. In the name of Jesus, renounce it. I've had things come through my mind, I said, Whoa, that's not me. That's a fiery dart. I renounce it, the breastplate, the the shield of faith and the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. YouTube, TikTok, TikTok. I don't even know what these 20-year-olds are doing anymore. They're doing a thing called Instagram, taking pictures of each other, sending pictures to each other. One of the biggest troubles one school teacher told me, high school teacher told me uh, locally, was uh, the kids allowed to have their phone. First of all, that's insane. They're allowed to have their phone, and in class they're sending pictures of each other to each other, back and forth and doing all this stuff, rather than paying attention. No wonder education's taking a dive. But if you're constantly looking at something that grieves the Holy Spirit of God, then... It'll be, he'll be quenched, and you won't have the power to resist evil, and you won't have the power to do the good that God wants you to do because you're quenching and you're grieving the Holy Spirit of God. How important is this? This is the most important thing you'll probably hear all year long. I like the song. That says, through many dangers, toils, and snares I have already come. And grace hath kept me safe thus far, and grace will lead me home. By the grace of God, he wants to fill you, he wants to help you, he wants to be there for you. After, more, after all these years, now I'm 71 years old, from 18 years old where I started up, and now today, I still need the blessed Holy Spirit as much today as I ever needed him. Maybe even, maybe even today more than I ever needed him. At least I understand it more than I ever needed him. You're Christian. Do you want to be legitimate? You must be real. You must be honest with God inside and out. Don't pretend to be a Christian. Don't act like a Christian. Be a Christian. Be a Christian in and out, thorough and thorough, and then the Holy Spirit of God will come and fill you, and he'll do work through you, and he'll anoint you, and he'll help you, and he'll give you the joy of the Holy Spirit, by the way, Woo! The world around you can be falling apart and you can sit there with a holy smile on your face having the joy of the Holy Spirit because in the end you know everything's all right in my Father's house. Or will you choose to flounder and struggle with God not working through you? Will you choose to remain cold and indifferent because you lack the main ingredient of success, which is the power of the Holy Spirit. We need to come clean, be real, and try to complement what God wants to do for us. For he wants you to be more than conquerors through him that loved you. You can do it. You can have it. It's available. Oh, Brother Bill, God don't care about me. Oh, yeah, he does. Oh, yeah, he does. He cares about you way more than what you're ever going to grasp or I'm ever going to grasp. And he wants you to have the power, not by might, nor by what? But by thy spirit, saith the Lord. Father, I pray this morning that you'd come, that the blessed Holy Spirit of God would fill this simple message, but yet profound. It was the very thing the early church in the book of Acts, he told them, wait till you receive the Holy Ghost. Don't go out there and face the world. Don't go out there and try to represent me until you have the Holy Spirit. And they received the Holy Spirit of God, and then after that, fillings of God daily, and they made it all the way home. Father, help us to do the same. There could be somebody in this, in this auditorium this morning that's been struggling about being a Christian. You've been powerless Maybe the Holy Spirit is even now telling you why you've struggled, telling you why you're powerless, telling you why that he's not been able to do what he wants to do in your life. Why don't you make this 2023 the best spiritual year you've ever had? You're going to set a schedule that's right. You're going to follow the schedule. You're going to let the schedule be your master. You're going to tell the flesh, shut up, sit down, and take a rest. And you're going to tell the Holy Spirit, come on, give me power, help me to do your will. You're going to see great and mighty things which you know not happen in your life. you got kids that need to be right with God. you got family that needs to be right with God. The first place that has to start is with you. Oh, my. Blessed Holy Spirit, come now, explain this in Jesus' name.